Hello and welcome to the Spooky Shelf Podcast. I am your host, Joe Ducaro. In this podcast, I invite my guests to curate their very own Spooky Shelf, comprising 13 titles that they think is the best the horror genre has to offer. My guest today is Richard Allen, who you might know from our other podcast, the Co-Pilots Podcast. He's the first to admit that he's a relative newcomer to the horror genre, but he picks some brilliant discs for his spooky shelf. Listen out for the story around his favourite horror TV show, by the way. It's absolutely brilliant. Remember to subscribe to the Spooky Shelf podcast so you can keep up to date with more guests from the online horror community. And without further ado, let's go put up a spooky shelf with Richard Allen. Well, this is a new experience for both of us, isn't it? Yeah, this is weird. <laughs> it's weird not speaking to you in co-pilots land so um rich you are one half of the co-pilots podcast correct um, who is your better looking and all-round better co-host of that podcast would you say uh the voices in my head are pretty good <laughs> um they have most of the opinions i just have a mouth <laughs> um but yeah i guess you're the other half of that I don't know yeah, about all of yeah. all of the better looking stuff that you said. That seems like well, it's very it's very very kind of you to say. I mean, I didn't want to put words in your mouth or anything, but you've said it now, so I guess that's just oh, you know, I guess I kind of have. <laughs> um, for people who might not know who we are and how we all, we started in podcasting, what is the Copilots podcast? What do we do? What do we chat about? Uh, we mostly talk about TV shows, and we try and we take two shows every couple of weeks, smush them together. They s- tenuously linked generally sometimes by there are actors from the same series in them and then we talk about them and generally when we watch horror stuff you either love it or you hate it yeah that's very very true but i do have to give you one slight correction on what co-pilots is because largely we end up just talking about gilmore girls and how much we hate entourage so (laughs) those are that is the real highlight and low light of um co-pilots and that was all what season one yeah no that was all the, the the first year which we did seven years ago so i mean like it's good that we we still have those strongly held opinions i suppose <laughs> yeah the thing i genuinely hope one day something will knock one of those off like the shit pedestal and the good pedestal i feel like the shit one's more likely because gilmore girls is that good and has become that such an important part of you know all of us you have a tattoo of it we watch it constantly on repeat so yeah and i can't wait to put it on my spooky shelf <laughs> yeah it doesn't necessarily you know i like arguing that anything's a horror film i'm not sure i can make no you said talk. anything you can argue anything's a horror film <laughs> this leads me to my next point about you is that horror is not massively your thing and you have by your own admission not really ever been scared by a horror film so i'm intrigued as to what this is gonna end up looking like yeah no there was one of these questions where my answer just reads i am broken (laughs) (laughs) so so i'm looking forward to my answer to that because that's going to be a surprise to all of us having said that we did both attend the evolution of horror um pub quiz at the genesis cinema last year and you did give a couple of answers of stuff that you know straight away you're like bang that's this and we were like, I was like, I was sat there just like, you don't even like horror in your I think, well. I think so you genuinely nice. said the words, I'm proud of you. And I was like, oh. <laughs> if you were my dad, I'd cry. <laughs> <laughs> if I was your dad, <laughs> you'd be dead. Um. <laughs> that, no, that makes sense. I think I'm lucky to be alive as your friend. So, 
but no it was there i found out that i could say no to doing podcasts with you and have continued to say yes <laughs> well no i i was i was really really excited when you said you wanted to do spooky shelf because i was like well I, I didn't know if it would be your thing so no, i was i was over the moon when you said you wanted to do it so let's let's get started um, oh, yeah, I'm mostly here to shield the co-pilots, so... Oh, definitely, yeah. Because <laughs> one of us has to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, your first uh, disc I'm going to ask you for, then. The first entry onto your spooky shelf. What was the first horror film you ever saw? Richard Allen. I am not 100% sure which one of these I saw first. Okay. So it is either Texas Chainsaw Massacre, or, if we're going to argue that anything's a horror film... Uh, a Clockwork Orange. One of those I saw first, and I'm not entirely sure which one. I it, I think I want to say it was probably Texas Chainsaw Massacre because I read that it was banned at some point somewhere. Well, I mean, both of them have been. I mean, Clockwork Orange, indeed, was it was rescinded, I think. It was Stanley Kubrick himself that was like... There, there was a series of copycat um, crimes, like violent crimes, and he said, oh, well, you know, in the I think it was the only the early... It was in the early 2000s he did this, and he was like, yeah, well, you don't deserve this, so I'm taking it away. And it only went back into um, circulation, you know, quite a while after it, you know, after it was made. So that's terrifying, though. That it was so, so when you say it's the first ones you ever saw, what sort of ages would you have been to, to have watched these ones? Um, I would probably have been 13, 14, I think. Probably for both of them. See, weirdly, that sounds young, but actually, thinking about it, I kind of feel like that's... I feel like you, you could probably deal with the sort of shit that you see. In, I mean, and, you know... Um, well, in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, there's nothing to see. You see a man chasing people around a house and you hear some noises, which is far, far worse. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Is that it's it's not the fact that it's... Yeah, but I think if people misremember the Texas, or you know, when people talk about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, they misremember it because I think you see like a couple of drops of blood. You really don't see it, but it's the it's the overall sense of just oppressive heat and the disgusting sort of smell that you can envisage just from the dining table and the room for the feathers and and all that sort of stuff. That's like the worst part of it. Um, yeah, your brain really does the heavy lifting, I think, in that film. Where which is, you hear strange. you see you see a person being lifted up near a meat hook, and you hear the sound of meat going onto a meat hook, and your brain goes, Oh my god, it's just ripped his shoulder out. Yeah. That's and that's you can exactly, yeah. you can picture how it looks. Which Same. is always gonna be more scary, I think, than a film that just goes, There you go. Hundred percent. And actually just picking up on the sound design for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. When Leatherface hits, I can't remember the guy's name, but the first guy to spot Leatherface, he opens that door and he just twats him with the hammer. That is a horrible noise. That like squishy thud. Um, I have to be completely honest and say I actually haven't seen a Clockwork Orange, um, but I'm I'm aware of it. Like we were saying this just before we started recording, that you become aware sort of of culturally significant moments through other means so like the simpsons has spoiled so many things for us and i actually, think they've even done clockwork orange that's what i was going on to say there's a scene where i think santa's little santa's little help is being retrained and they literally they pin his eyes open and play the music and show him all the the weird sort of footage and stuff yeah i want to say it's not it's probably not a horror film in like a traditional sense because it's more of a like weird dystopian crime 
film where they like milk. And it's <laughs> it's just bizarre and kind of unsettling. Uh, I think. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, from what I've seen of it, I think there's there's a hundred percent an argument to be made that it's a horror film because yeah, it's there's uh, quite an awkward awkward no quite a horrible. <laughs> Um, sexual assault sequence, isn't there? There's a rape scene while he's doing singing in the rain. And I actually did hear Malcolm McDowell. Um, he in an interview he was saying, "Ah, oh, he went up to um, I, th- I can't remember the guy's name, but the guy who wrote Singing in the Rain." And he was like, "Oh, we used your song in our film." And he was just like, "Yeah, I fucking know." <laughs> he just was not happy that they'd done it. <laughs> so, um, I get it. That's not the scene you want your like. Uh, probably most famous song to be associated with (laughs) it's associated with some other really nice things as well but mostly when i hear that film that's the scene i think of Mm. i think that yeah that's probably why he was so offended isn't it but we also have to touch on this right on just very quickly touching back on the the subject of the texas chainsaw massacre you and i have a mutual friend called jack who watched the texas chainsaw massacre for the first time last year and he has described that uh, that experience as watching a film where nothing happens and he absolutely hated it because he was so bored and you know I, f- I feel like we should just shame him into the you know into being um, disgraced by his own opinion particularly on this podcast which is listened to by horror fans so and him uh, he actually listens him. to this he doesn't listen to our one because it's mm-hmm. confusing because we're He's used to talking to both of us together. <laughs> so he just wants to join in. Maybe that means he won't listen to this one now because it's the two of us together again. Oh, we'll just won't tell him. <laughs> oh my God. Let, oh, we're totally doing that, by the way. I, this might not even stay in the episode, but we're 100% doing that. <laughs> All right, cool. So Texas Chainsaw Massacre and A Clockwork Orange. I'm trying to figure out a good way we can do a double pack of that. Um any sort of novelty props oh, I, ah I've got it this is what we're going to do uh, the the discs for Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Clockwork Orange they're going to come in a big novelty um, brew dog can of Clockwork Tangerine that you oh, because I know that's one of your favourite bits I like it <laughs> you can just it's like a, a you know like a, when you got a pencil case that was like a can like a yeah, school yeah. Like, it's like one of them, but a bit bigger that can fit a DVD in. So there we go. That's what we do. So that's awesome. A weird, weird, interesting fact: the uh, there's a tube system under Glasgow that's called the Clockwork Orange. Is that that? Because the tube, the, the, the right? trains are painted orange. Is that right? Yeah. Wait, is that the one that? Oh no, it's the trams that never actually got finished, isn't it? <laughs> no. Well, does I'll just, I'll tell you some interesting stories about the trams. <laughs> 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 maybe another time <laughs> oh okay oh well I'm, I'm intrigued now all right cool so now this this is a film this is a film this is a question which really intrigues me because as i said before uh you have previously said to me that horror doesn't really and horror films in particular just don't scare you so with that in mind <laughs> i don't know what this answer is going to be what film scared you the most so because horror films in their traditional sense do not particularly i think i've got a really good way of disassociating myself and sitting back and being like i'm just watching a film it's not real it doesn't scare me Mm. so the impossible the film uh with ewan mcgregor about the boxing day tsunami uh real story lots of it really happened 
And that is terrifying. Because there's some shots in that film that are underwater and just sort of show just the sheer force of, like, flash flooding and tsunamis. And it's just, like, that sort of sense of being like, oh, fuck. Mm. And that scares me more than any knife-wielding maniac could. Unless they were really in front of me wielding a knife. That would scare me quite a lot. (laughs) So, coupled with, like how scary like the the force of nature can be in that way was it also the fact that there's a separation the 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 one of the the mum and one of the sons is separated from the dad and the other two that's right isn't it yeah i yeah i think that's right but yeah i think it's all yeah like the the like the human story underneath it as well as like not heartbreak well a lot of the story in it's like quite sort of like Jesus Christ, that's sad. But yeah, like the just kind of rooting for uh, Spider Man, McGregor, <laughs> and yeah, Tom you're, Holland you're, as well. You're terrified that Obi Wan Kenobi and Spider Man aren't going to meet up again. <laughs> well, I saw what happened last time he had a Padawan. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, that yeah, that's an interesting answer. Strangely enough, no one's ever said the impossible before, but actually. I realise that there's a sort of a weird self-censorship with with myself on, and of not letting myself watch that one because I think it probably would be too overwhelming. Um, I think, yeah, because you don't like... Well, didn't like deep water. This is it. I, so I'm a sure big... Where the water goes like, well, I see you up there on your land. <laughs> Let me come to you. <laughs> I'm going to get you now. <laughs> yeah. Um, There was a... I remember there being a controversy 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 i can't even say that word something bad <laughs> about that film because the original st- i remember there was a slight uproar because the the story that that film is based on it's a true story and it was they recast well not recast but they sort of they whitewashed it so i think the original story was about a filipino family i think it was and then oh, because they were marketing bad. it to like you know hollywood they changed it to a white family, and then obviously that's how you get um, Ewan McGregor and... Is it Naomi Watts is in it with him as well? Um, I can't it? actually remember who plays the mother. I'm going to have a quick uh, Google check. It's weird. I'm not as prepared as I normally am for co-pilots, where I've got like Wikipedia pages up. Okay, so here's the... Intro- yeah, uh, it is Naomi Watts, but also it was directed by Juan Antonio Bayona, which as soon as you say that to horror fans, they go, Ah, The Orphanage. Which is one of the most fucking terrifying films. <laughs> so he has pedigree when it comes to making horror movies. So it's a good shout. I'm 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 really pleased. No way. Also, he directed uh, a couple of episodes of Penny Dreadful, which brings us back to Copilots. Yeah, we just talking about that. Yeah, that's really weird. Because obviously we have just recorded this back to back with a Copilots episode that does horror, uh, well, spookier TV shows. Horror adjacent, I'd call. Yeah. Them. That's fantastic. Okay, I didn't realize it was Juan Antonio Bayona. That's great. All right. I'm, I'm really well, I guess if that's that. if that's the if he's more known for doing horror stuff, that explains why some of it's a bit more like, oh, that's quite scary. Why? Because yeah. like you you see people getting like injured underwater and like because the water's just so murky as well. Like you that's would not... genuinely, I think, hate it. 
Yeah, I, I do remember, like, so again, I've not seen it, but I do remember them talking about it on Gogglebox, and that's all I've seen of it. And there's they show the scene where he jumps in the swimming pool, and then the water goes over him, but then there's, like, just all the debris in the water yeah. that just, you know, weirdly, just never occurred to me that there would also be stuff in the water as it's picked up, you know, it's not just Yeah, a clean and wave, the, the further so. inland it gets, the worse it the gets. The worse yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah, you would properly hate this film. Oh, good. Well, but in, like, really... in, like, a way that I think... Like you would enjoy, maybe I don't know if you'd enjoy the fear of it. There's not, there's not really any like brevity. <laughs> there's no like lighter moments. Yeah, there's no sort of jokey bits. I guess. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. You know, in that situation, we'd just be like, right, I just need to work out how I'm going to make this funny when I retell it. <laughs> like, yeah, I went to the beach and I was going to go in the sea, but then the sea came to me. <laughs> See, I immediately like if, if we're in, oh no maybe we should get this. if we were in that situation I would just jump up just go lost me glasses I don't know there's always the chance that you'd be standing next like get out of the point and be like sorry <laughs> I had to jump awesome that was a great answer for that one I like that one it's good um, your third film in Rich what is your favourite slasher movie I know what you're saying for this I'm interested to know what you think I was going to say. But well, I'll, tell you, I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. If I get it wrong, I'll let you know. But I've got this right. Uh, I feel just pressure now. <laughs> um, it's Again, it's tied. I don't know if I can choose between Halloween and Scream. Ah, well, I was half right. I knew you were going to say Scream. <laughs> That's because, again, we talked about it. <laughs> like, ten minutes ago. I really enjoyed the first Scream film. And also have really enjoyed lots of the Halloween films. Well, the ones that I've watched, at least. Which ones of the of the Halloweens have you seen, then? Uh, uh, Halloween 1, 2, 3, and then I think the remake? The Rob Zombie ones? Yeah. And I think I've seen... There is... There's one coming out this year, or one that came out last year, possibly? Yeah, there was, there was one that came out last year. It was, it was so... It went, Halloween one two three four five six. Then it was the Rob Zombie ones. Halloween and Halloween two. Then I get the orders mixed up. It was Halloween H two O, Halloween Resurrection, Halloween, Halloween Kills, Halloween Ends are the most recent ones. So I haven't seen Ends, but I think I've seen Halloween Kills. Also, Halloween which Kills is the one is that the one has where you see young Michael? Yeah, that's that's Rob Zombie's Halloween. 2007 cool so I've seen that one as well yeah I've seen a bunch of them I don't know which ones I've seen I just (laughs) occasionally just go oh yeah I fancy watching like Mike Myers menacingly walk places like if someone taught him how to run like we'd all be fucked we would but he would be far less scary I think I think what makes him scary is the fact it's the ominousness yeah and just the the inhuman sort of patience of he doesn't need to run because he's just going to keep walking until yeah. he gets to you. And that fucking Star Trek mask. <laughs> <laughs> um, was it the was it an instant the first time you saw both of these? You were like, oh, these are fucking great. Or did it take you a couple of goes of it? No, like both of them were. Like I don't dislike horror films. Which I think <laughs> that's, is that's good. <laughs> it's a weird sort of like misnomer when you're like nah, horror films don't really scare me, so I don't. I that's not the same as them. not liking them. Yeah, but like 
I enjoy them. I just don't enjoy... They just don't scare me because I'm a broken human being, which is fine. <laughs> um, that is interesting because I guess if you if you were to say the same of comedy films, it's like, oh, comedy films don't make me laugh, but I still like That's because they're bad. They would be bad <laughs> comedy films. <laughs> <laughs> also, I think, you, you know, I think probably agree on this. I don't think comedy... I don't think film is necessarily the right medium for comedy. No, stand-up is the purest form of comedy yeah and the best but like i think horror films can go so far that they're funny like i've got i watched oh was it jeepers creepers and it is one of the funniest films i've ever seen because at the end it has them driving over and reversing driving over reversing it's like why don't you just drive over once and fuck off (laughs) because the last time they do it it gets up Is that Jeepers Creepers or is that Jeepers Creepers 2? Oh, it's one of them. Because there's a reason that one of them's a lot more accessible than the other. And that's because uh, the director, when he made Jeepers Creepers, was a convicted paedophile. Oh. And so he wanted the youngsters in. <laughs> you've just described it as one of the funniest films you've ever seen. Yeah, but like, it's not funny because he was a paedophile. <laughs> It's That's funny just the because cherry of, on top of the cake. <laughs> it's, it's just funny because the characters are just doing stupid stuff, which is like it's a weird horror trope. But like characters making bad decisions, like mm. I don't know, in running up most of Halloween and screams staying in the house, or think, yeah, upstairs is the way to get out of the house. I think they even say that in Scream. There is a point where someone well, was screams, complaining about it. Isn't Scream? It's more of a parody sort of well it, it's not so much a parody it's, it's just it's very aware of the genre it's in um so it, it it makes those jokes but then a couple of like so there's that example of like oh you know um some stupid idiot running upstairs when they should be running out the door and then later on there's a character who's watching i think he's actually yeah he's watching halloween and he's saying, oh, no, the killer's behind you. Stop it. Don't do it. And at As the, same the killer, point, like, Ghostface yeah, pops Ghostface up. Ghostface is coming up behind him. So I rewatched Scream recently on a train of all places. <laughs> Interesting place to watch it, but I suppose you spend a lot of time on them now. <sighs> Thankfully, not for much longer. Uh, yeah, not for a long time now. I don't have to spend much more time on a train, yeah. which is good. But I suppose um, also, Scream did give us the proof that slashes don't work as a TV series, which was very kind of it. I didn't mind the TV show. I think it just like the, the bits it, I saw of it. I was like, it was good, but then it just ran out of steam. Like. It struggles to. I think it struggles to make because there's a sense of in a slasher that you need tension. It's got to be punchy. Yeah, yeah. That's like that's that, why Michael Myers walks everywhere. Because if he was just able to run, he'd get there. And there's yeah. no like you can't drag yourself away from someone who's running. Yeah, and in scream the tension's more like who is it where's he gonna show up it's actually the same sort of thing i liked about i know what you did last summer but that doesn't make this this short list i mean to be fair like i've i've got a a soft spot for that movie i really like that it's just a dumb sort of you know but one of the weird things about that is that it does have sarah michelle geller in it and when she's not being kick-ass it's very strange so yeah what's weird is that excuse me (laughs) it seems like slasher films are the horror films that spawn the most sequels yeah definitely well i mean beyond your sort of your your haunting stuff like your your conjurings and your paranormal activities but yes that's because they're incredibly cheap to make they're incredibly profitable but also there are a lot of 
people's sort of gateway into horror i think i think a lot of people when you you're trying to get into horror movies you start out with your halloweens your nightmare on elm street your friday the 13th you know all of that sort of stuff yeah um, i haven't actually seen any nightmare on elm street or friday the 13th really okay no, so but i have seen is it one of the halloween films that has buster rhymes in it oh my god yeah i have seen that one he, um kung fu kicks michael myers out of a window <laughs> it's yeah. fucking ridiculous and that's the thing i think i quite the thing that i think probably of all flavors of horror films i think slashes are probably my favorite and i think it's because they don't take themselves too seriously which i can get behind yeah it would be it would it just wouldn't be fun if they were like you know actually focusing on you know how horrendous the wounds were and also like you know if they tried if like six people tried they could stop them (laughs) (laughs) but it's because like i mean they obviously go for people on their own because that's how serial killers work you know an awful lot about serial killers so well, i do and i actually i don't know if my interest in serial killers uh came from watching takes a Jason mask and being like what do they mean it's based on true events and then reading about a guy and being like oh shit this is interesting and then like that ruined my life <laughs> but I don't, know, I don't know about ruined it but it certainly helped with your upholstery <laughs> <laughs> well people's is free um <laughs> Um, have you seen and this is um to to go sort of slightly more modern slasher and you're gonna have to get your skates on if you do want to watch it but have you seen hush the mike flanagan movie um i haven't and i saw i think you posted about it it's leaving netflix isn't it yeah so uh, and and this is the the mad thing and this is what i can't stand is the fact that with streaming services and this is kind of why i'm such a fan of physical media and why i like talking about dvds and shelves and that sort of stuff is that once that's gone, I don't know where we're going to be able to watch it. So, what the fuck are we supposed to do? So, I, I hugely recommend it. It's so th- here's the, ah here's the kicker. So this is uh, this is going to get you to watch Hush. Okay, so two things about it. Um, it's Mike Flanagan and Katie Siegel again. Um, it's Mike Flanagan saying this is how he would make a Halloween movie because it, it's largely it's the same setup. It's a guy in deliberately you know a white mask tormenting this person who lives on their own the opening is Katie Katie Siegel plays a writer um, and her neighbour and friend comes over and gives her a a book that she's borrowed so basically she's been given an, an advanced copy of her latest book and the book is called Midnight Mass and she says to her she says to Katie, she goes, I loved this. I loved Riley. I loved Erin. I loved the whole thing. And it's it, there's a shot of the blurb, and it says, it, like this is like way before he made Midnight Mass. It says, you know, um, Crockett Island, the residents on Crockett Island, there's a new father who comes to the island. They're all a bit wary of him. So he's had Midnight Mass in his head for like the longest time, and he was at one point he was like, "I think this is the only place Midnight Mass is going to exist." So I'm just going to put it in this other movie I'm making without ever knowing he was going to go on to make the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> so yeah, you oh, need do to you go like Midnight Mass? I didn't, I didn't know that about you. Do you know? It's you know, I don't like to think that my entire personality is based on <laughs> one story. But... I mean, it is. It's Midnight Mass with a smattering of Gilmore Girls. Yeah. 
I mean, which you, is it's yeah. a weird, weird mixture. But you spent a lot of hours listening to me babble on about midnight mass. So <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Cool. So we'll go stream and Halloween. Uh. With the what I'm going to do is in in the the double DVD. Uh, I'm going to put a little note that's just got a link on it that takes you to see Hush because you you definitely <laughs> need to go and watch Hush. It's absolutely brilliant. Um. Cool. Uh, I'm just going to make a note. Uh. With Hush notes. Your fourth disc, then, Rich. Uh, what's your favourite ghost or haunting horror movie? Well, I didn't realise it was directed by the same person who made Impossible, but it would be the, the orphanage. orphanage. <laughs> How prescient of me! Yeah, it was weird when you mentioned. It, I was like, "Oh shit, maybe I do have a favourite horror director." <laughs> um, but I, I haven't seen it in years. But there's something. About about spooky children and like i guess it can be creepy can't they like the I, orphanages is just such an alien concept to me because i've luckily enough never had to experience it yeah and i just remember being like i think this was almost my like way back into like enjoying horror films but it just didn't quite didn't quite click at that point because I think I watched it in like must be like 2009 or something that was roughly it came out a couple of years before that so yeah it was pretty close to its release then I suppose yeah and then I think I went to uni then which is like fuck I love comedy and watched <laughs> nothing but comedy for three years four that is years. true we did watch a lot of comedy at uni yeah I watch a lot of comedy now mm. it's the best I mean to be fair it's just sloss on repeat but <laughs> Yeah, it still counts. Uh, all right, why the orphanage then? What's what's so good about it? <laughs> I don't mean that quite as disparagingly as it sounded. What's so good about that film? I love it. So, um, I mean, I think uh, I can't. Re- I had to do. I would try to do some reading to like remind myself why I like because it's always the one that I'm like, yeah, I think that's one of the best horror films that I've seen. Yeah, it's not a big list, but like <laughs> it's a list enough i've got enough films don't worry <laughs> uh, but i think it's just one of those films that gave me the most like i think it was maybe came the closest to scaring me in like it's a proper horror film everyone accepts it's a horror film it's not like me being like yeah but water's scary um <laughs> so i think it probably came the closest to scaring me and i i'm pretty sure i didn't fully get like the twists all the way through and they kept surprising me i'd be like what see that's that knowing you that's quite rare because you're you are quite good at just figuring out the puzzle of a of a tv show or a film or something so that is quite surprising i think i think i do it more with horror films because i know that that's the thing that will catch me out so when they do catch me i'm like that was good i enjoyed that (laughs) so i like being caught out i just don't let my brain switch off to the point that it won't just figure out the point and then mm. it's weird so, maybe i'd enjoy them more if i did that but, but. Even, i suppose but because the the tw- and i mean we're going to spoil the orphanage now so if you've not seen it turn this off go and watch it and then come back um the, the solution if you like or the result of you know uh where um what's the little lad called is it thomas no thomas is the other guy simon that's it isn't it simon's the kid who goes missing when it's revealed what happened to Simon, 
it's so simple. It's such a simple one tiny little detail that just, you know, had those poles not lent against the cupboard door, you know, that leads down into the basement where he fell. You know, and they they you know might have been able to find it a bit quicker, but it's it's such a, a simple little thing where in a film that you know has a seance sequence where um, someone walks around. The, do you remember this bit where she's walking around the orphanage and she's seeing the ghosts of the other kids, but you don't see any of the other kids; you just hear them. It's fucking terrifying. So when yeah, they, and that's why so and stuff. I don't know. Do you remember that I did? So my whole final project at uni was all about like sound design. Yeah, yeah. In like a maze that I like, I blew. I made a massive maze with very little sound in it. Um, but one of the one of the sounds that I used was like uh, a young child like quietly singing lullabies. <laughs> Fucking terrifying. Yeah. Always. I also at some point, other point in the maze had like um, a woman. Like it was a rocking chair sound with a woman singing lullabies, as well, because lullabies are quite out of context are quite scary. Well, I when mean, you hear lullabies, you... where you shouldn't. Yeah, but also like the content of some like nursery rhymes, if you like, are fucking awful. Like "Ring a Ring of Roses" is all about um, getting the plague, plague, isn't it? So <laughs> that's the thing. And as a kid, you're innocent, like oh, we all fall down. Yeah, we get on the ground. But what they mean is die, <laughs> died. <laughs> I, do, I wonder what there's probably some you know some research has gone into this, but I do wonder why, out of context, fairy tales are not fairy tales, um, nursery rhymes, lullabies, and that sort of thing, are so creepy. And it's probably because maybe the first time you feel vulnerable is at night as a kid, and that's what traditionally you listen to to sort of calm yourself down. So maybe it's I think it's because they they almost have a context of their own that they are a thing that you hear a lot as a child. And then repeat as a parent because, well, that's that's how I was raised. That's how I yeah. raised my kids. I'll, I won't be doing that because I can't sing. But <laughs> I'll just mumble stand-up routines at them. <laughs> <laughs> so, airplane food. Ugh. That's, that's a... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think when things have a, a very fixed context that everyone accepts and understands when you're not in that context it's weird mm. so it's i think it's a lot of the same and then that i think inherently makes children scarier in films because children shouldn't be dead is the main thing <laughs> yeah if at the end of the day there's no dead kids you've had a good day <laughs> yeah i mean arguably day to day that is a parent's job <laughs> a bit harder in an orphanage yeah, and I guess like it, yeah, it genuinely, it probably speaks to that that those parents have failed at that point because you know Simon does disappear and he is dead, unfortunately. But yeah, but it's it's really nice for a horror film to give make it something so simple. Well, it's a film that up till that point has given you so much like supernatural flavored mm. stuff. And then she goes, have... no, no, he just sort of like was trying to get out and fell over. And yeah. neck bang and he fell down the stairs and yeah and that was it yeah to have that sort of that almost not disappointingly but that sort of concrete rational explanation when you've gone through all the you know the weird kid with the sack on his head and then the double jump scare of um the old woman getting hit by the ambulance and then her jaw coming off when you know they're checking her over 
it's it's a brilliant film. I haven't watched it for a little while actually. I'm due a rewatch of it. It's yeah, great. I think really I am as well. Show. Yeah. Okay. The Orphanage uh, by Juan Antonio Bayona, who also did The Impossible. So there's a nice little cyclical narrative. Um, you and I, uh, in another format, talk a lot about TV shows. What yes. is your favourite horror TV show? Well, I think, although I haven't watched the whole thing, uh-huh. the one that has given me the most visceral reaction, and you'll know which one it is, and you know the story of the why. <laughs> oh my God! Oh my God! I've just twigged what you're going to say. Holy shit, yeah. I haven't, we haven't told this story on Spooky Show before. Yeah, go, 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 go. It's Marianne. Oh my God. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, that, so the, the, what you're about to tell is my favourite, favourite ever series of text messages we've ever had. Tell the story, Rich. Go for it. <laughs> so I initially got a text from, I think, you you just sent me a message saying like, oh, Marianne scared me a bit. And I'm like, this boy's a coward. Uh, it'll be <laughs> fine. Um, I then, I think it must have been about half 11 or maybe even one o'clock. But I got another text that just said, uh, "I'm just, I've, I'm just having to watch. I've just woken up. I'm just watching an episode of The Simpsons to like calm myself down. It's really, really messed with me." <laughs> and I, I sent you a picture of what I was currently doing at one o'clock in the morning, which was watching the same show that you were like, <laughs> "It's really, really fucked me up." And I was, I want to say at that point, I was like forty minutes in to like I think it's an hour long episode. Yeah, that sounds about right. And I was just like, oh, I think I'm going to be fine, unless the last 20 minutes are like really fucking scary. Cue <laughs> uh, 20 minutes later, you get a message just like, yep, this was a stupid idea. Why have I done this? Ah, oh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> and I think it's genuinely the last, probably the last thing horror-related that scared me. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was only last year, wasn't it? Yeah, so Ma- that's Marianne, which is the, the French... Um, TV show that's on Netflix that I th- I don't think we still haven't watched any more of it. I think I I'm still yet to watch, watch episode two, but we've both seen episode one twice. Yeah, and it didn't hold up the second time, which was so. Yeah, again, go, just to, you know, as we were talking about context and everything, out of context of us having you know me having watched it that night and then you at one o'clock in the morning watching it the same night. Outside of that, we watched it again and we're like, oh, this just isn't scary at but all. I, I genuinely think it's because we, there are so many things that happen in that first episode mm. that you would not predict going in. So they all catch you off guard. But the second time you watch, and the, possibly the mistake we made the second time is we watched it as a group. Yes. And we'd already seen it. And we're just like, yeah. oh, oh, this is funny. And I was just like, I'll tickle your feet. Um, oh my God. Ah, even you just saying that, I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> Yeah, it's really weird. My feet just like started dripping sweat. It's really weird. Because <laughs> that's the thing. I'm not traditionally like, oh, there's a monster under the bed. Ugh. But like the scene where she's like having a nightmare and like mm. it just, and I'm like, oh no, I don't like it. And I know there's nothing under my bed. <laughs> there is no space for something to live under there. <laughs> oh my God. Do you know, it was so funny. I hadn't, I hadn't, discussed marianne on this on spooky shelf once but oh my god it's incredible yeah so um it's she's a writer who it's sort of in kind of a similar to misery i suppose she goes oh, i'm done with this and she kills off a main character and then she gets visited by 
it's someone that she knows from school, isn't it? Who says, "I think my mum is Marianne, who is this demonic character from her books." Uh. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Even talking about it now, I'm forgetting. Right? Okay, so um, and, you and I... but before that, you see that she her grat is like oh, yeah, yanking out yeah. her teeth and shit, and it's just like <laughs> as like a tribute. It's just so. And like the thing, it's not you don't. It's not visceral in the way where you see all of this happening, but like, it's the same thing. You hear the noises and you're like, I understand what's happening. And then you see a tooth uh-huh. in the sink and you're like, Well, I, the sound and the pliers, like I know how that's got there. <laughs> oh my god! Do you know, there's the other element to it as well, which is, um, and we discussed this on uh, Copilots a bunch, is that when something's in a different language. There's just, you have to pay attention. Yeah, and th- but there's this other sort of layer of um, disassociation, I suppose, which just makes it that much more intense. But Be- and precisely, I think because, like you just said, you have to pay more attention to it. Um, oh, and okay, I think, well, actually, I think there is also something to if because you're focusing on like half of your attention is always on the bottom of the screen, so you can read the subtitles. Uh, or maybe not so much with the French stuff because you can you can speak something. Oh no, no 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 it's not like not I, no, I it's not enough is it not yeah. enough to be able to understand a fully fluent French cast? No, not when they're speaking you know sort of full speed and about like abstract things that I'd never really learned about in school like fucking blood rituals. <laughs> oh really? Your school is very different to me. <laughs> uh, but I think because you're focusing quite heavily on like the lower half of the screen. I think there's a lot of stuff that they can do in like the top portions of the screen with like editing and like shots and stuff mm. where if they feed things in from the top, it can sort of like go, Oh fuck. What was that? <laughs> I didn't see that come in. Whereas like, it could have been there the whole time. Yes. Like hereditary, but it just takes yeah, longer to spot. It takes, it take, took me a second to remember what the name of the film was. I was going to make the same fucking joke. <laughs> That's all right. I'll cut that out. You can just say it now. And then, uh, it would just be huh, what you thought. Like, like in the corner in Hereditary. Anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> that is an excellent shout. Yeah, okay, Marianne. What I'm going to do is, um, because it's obviously on Netflix, but I have had a box set made, but within the DVD code, what I've managed to do is get it to, with 20 minutes to go uh, in episode one, you will just get a text from me just being like, hey, as long as the next 20 minutes, <laughs> okay, you'll be fine. <laughs> And then 20 minutes later, you'll get another one like, yeah, you're fucked. I was really worried it would come with a little animatronic thing that comes out from the bed and tickles your feet. (laughs) But I'm glad you went for the little text message thing. That's good. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've got a budget, but it's not that much of a budget. (laughs) Oh, so so if this was a Disney podcast, I'd get an animatronic. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they've got shelves of them. Yeah. That's the point. They must have just like a, a storeroom just full of them. That'd be fucking I, terrifying, wouldn't it? Can, can you imagine filming a horror film a show or anything in like a... Disneyland. Like, yeah, but like the Disneyland where things go to die. So just all of like the old dilapidated like ride animatronics and all of that shit and old costumes and stuff. Oh, like Five Nights at Freddy's, awesome. but it's real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, Disney will never you make it, but... I'm pretty sure there's there's a film that's called Willy's Wonderland that Nick Cage did that I think is similar to like Five Nights at Freddy's. It's like animatronics doing weird shit. But I think there is a horror film that was set in Disneyland, but 
it's not really very well seen because I think Disney got involved and were like, we don't want you making scary stuff in our parks. Oh, there are there's Disney have some rules about how you're allowed to appear and like do things. You're not allowed to engage to people in front of the Disney car, like engage to people, propose to someone in front of the castle at Disneyland. Are you not? People do it and they get like banned for life. No way, seriously. Yeah, because if everyone does it, there'll be a queue. <laughs> and they don't want to have to put like a a queuing system on Main Street. <laughs> I mean, they're everywhere else in the fucking parks. So. Yeah, no, but it would ruin the aesthetic of the I, place I that guess, you go because you're like, yeah. oh, look at the view. We love Disney. Um, I did, I almost, Channel Zero was almost made the cut. Ah, oh, that's but, another like, great one, isn't it? But Marianne, like, actually. Like, still, when we were talking about, like, I got little shivers and stuff. It was great. (laughs) Okay, so along with that, what we can say is um, also go and listen to our episode on Marianne. I can't remember what we paired it with, but also find our discussion on Channel Zero on the Co-Pilots podcast as well, because we loved that one. That was like our top show of that year, wasn't it? Yeah, and I haven't seen episode two. <laughs> See, I got quite a way through Channel Zero. Like, I'd nearly finished the first series. I think I only had one to go. It does really, like, fall off a cliff after that first episode. I think, but yeah, the reveal at the end of episode one is, the, is uh, perfect. Amazing. And amazing. I'm quite, I'm genuinely, I think, quite happy to just leave it there and never watch the rest of it. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, it just works as a nice, like, sort of short, short film, I guess, really. Yeah. Um, number six. Uh, what? Oh, sorry. No, you, no, no, you asked me the question. I've already, I've got my answer written down, but I need to hear the question. I yeah. forgot how the format works. <laughs> uh, which horror movie has your favourite jump scare? Um, speaking of short films, Host, <laughs> because it is the length of a regular Zoom meeting. Oh, it's it's absolutely stunning, isn't it? Okay, go on. Wh- which one is it? Is it the final one? No, it's the. My, I think my favourite of them all is where, so I can't remember what her character's name is, but the one who filmed yeah. like the video background and yeah, it's yeah, on yeah. a loop, and the first time you see her face smash through that into the laptop, like the first time I saw it, it really made me jump, and I really enjoyed it because we watched it with uh, Jack, the three of us on a call, <laughs> and I just knowing it's coming and then watching someone else react to it, and you're like, oh, he jumped. <laughs> I cannot tell you the joy that I've had watching horror films that I know where the scares are with someone who I know is very, very jumpy and very scared of, like, seancey ghosty stuff. It's so much fun. I can't recommend it enough. Yeah. <laughs> no, and ho- it's such a brilliant idea for a lockdown film as yeah. well. Like, it was... I think I think Host is one of the films that made me sort of go, like, I should watch more horror films. That's, that's especially when a, I realised they came that short <laughs> <laughs> that's quite an accolade isn't it oh this makes me want to watch more of it yeah it's it's absolutely perfect um, the fact that they literally they looked at all the features on Zoom and it was so quick as well that's the thing is it came out I think it was in the it, it came summer out in 2020, of 2020. Yeah, yeah so we'd had the first lockdown where everyone got used to sort of the language and the grammar of Zoom and then they came out with this thing. And I was showing it to people who was like, I know you don't like horror movies, but this you have to watch this right now. Right now is absolutely the time where you need to watch this because it's so fresh in everyone's mind. And everyone was so scared and so worried about the pandemic. And this just perfectly encapsulates it and puts it on a Zoom call. Absolutely phenomenal film. I, think I it's, it's, also think it will stand up as well. I think I, you could think show right. that to someone in like a couple decades' time and be like, Look, 
you like because that like people will still either have been alive remember or will have heard stories about that time in the early 2020s when yeah. like the world nearly imploded and like yeah. technologies like that don't change it's like unfriended and stuff still work because this we still the... understand skype as a medium like the stuff yeah. hasn't changed it's just I, got a new frame i do think that host absolutely trumps unfriended though because oh like a hundred percent yeah it does what what unfriended wanted to do host does quicker more effectively and it has our old favorite thing of being a u.s versus uk special <laughs> yeah yeah no host i think you're absolutely right on the, the technological side of things because i think generally speaking if you put a technology or like an anxiety about a technology in a film it ages so fast but I do think that host is going to stand the test of time. I do think that you're I think right. also because it quite openly discusses its time period as well, where it's just like there are yeah. people wearing face masks and like they're being like, it's "Oh, the, lockdown's the worst." It's like the elbow bumps and the, yeah, and yeah, the day drinking. But then that's not just exclusively 2020. <laughs> yeah, no, I was doing day drinking before it was cool. <laughs> um, you were doing day drinking in black and white, weren't you? That's how old you are. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like it. <laughs> and when I look back on it, absolute... everything is a bit like dingy. But that's just Hastings, so <laughs> excellent stuff. But yeah, yeah, host is it's perfect. And I've noticed that host comes up quite a lot in spooky shelves. It I have does. noticed that. Yeah, but I don't know if that's because we're just fresh out of the pandemic or if it. I mean, it, I genuinely really like the film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I think it's. It, I think it's a little bit of both. I think because it is technically really well done. And the fact that, like, you know, the actors all had to do their own makeup and their own lighting and they were all directed... Do they have to do all the... So, all of the shit where they get getting, like, dragged around by the demon. Yeah. Who's rigging that? Well, Or are they doing so it themselves? The, the, big, the big sort of stunt moment, which is the chap who gets lifted and dropped into the swimming pool. I think I, th- I might be getting this wrong, um, but I think I read a thing where they were working on a stunt for another film, and it involved like that being lifted into the air. So all the gear was just at that guy's house. So oh, then shit, he, they were handy. just like, "Oh, we'll just adapt that," or they like hired in a cherry picker or something, and then just hung him off that or something. I can't remember, but but yeah, like it was all all homemade. They they literally they couldn't be in the same same room together. Yeah, I think it's. Uh a really cool piece of time for that film and i do think it will stand the test of time just purely because like people can look back and be like oh yeah no that's how most that's people's how pandemics was. looked yeah just staring at a zoom call being like oh can we drink now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh why is there a demon in here <laughs> yeah it, it's i i genuinely think host might be in my top 10 horror movies because it's just that effective and it it does what it wants to do so effectively but so efficiently so that's a great shout the virtual background scare in a host okay cool um this one is this is a deliberately vague question but i think it's my favorite question um which horror movie had the most emotional effect on you so i think i had to pick the film that really got me back into like enjoying horror and also stepped me into like horror literature and stuff as well so that would be it ah brilliant the uh, 2017 yes because it really like gave me that like 
want to go and like watch more horror films and you know read Stephen King books that have good endings like that was a novel feeling because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they're few and far between <laughs> yeah but then like being able to take that and like be able to sort of go like right i watched it and then i enjoyed it so i read the book and then i watched it part two which was already out when i think i've watched part one and then which is like oh this is great i want to watch more stuff and read more stuff like this and i think that's i think i put it mostly down to that and like your persistence with being like horror films are good <laughs> please <laughs> sheer brute force and will (laughs) yeah in the same way that i we had the idea to start co-pilots and then through that i got hold of the schedule and went oh if i just put gilmore girls in here uh then you'll have to watch it (laughs) and it's true and that turned out to be quite you know an effective little thing um yeah it's do you know what it's i think it's Pe- that version of Pennywise has sort of become the poster child for like teen horror. I think a lot of like younger teenagers that will have been their first experience with horrors because it was just it was a, a, an absolute beast of its marketing. Like you couldn't move for sort of Pennywise stuff for a couple of years. Um, yeah, and, the, and it's the weird the things that, that they don't do in the kids. You know, yeah, and the stuff that they don't do in the film that's in the books where he's like the turtle not even just the turtle but here he uh they don't really do like the homeless guy um i think is it bill bill scared off but that comes out of the house and they don't do a lot of the boggarty stuff that Mm. pennywise clearly is because harry potter generation (laughs) (laughs) so you go oh shapeshift boggart um and they don't do like the bird and stuff so it's yeah that's true there are things missing but for the continuity of the film it makes more sense if everyone's scared of pennywise the clown or you could just be like ah everyone's seeing what they're scared of it just so happens that the camera is scared of clowns (laughs) (laughs) i think you're right like so i think it does show like because there is this you know stan is it stanley yeah stanley is scared of the painting like there's a weird painting that creeps him out and there's obviously bev has her blood scene in the bathroom and uh oh, i can't remember the other kid's name and george is scared of storm drains <laughs> um but like and oh who is it it's the the really funny kid who's um scared of like germs and he's, all that sort of stuff but predominantly when they do see him he is the clown isn't he so that is yeah you're right that is what they've sort of stuck it with yeah i I guess from like the like making the film's point of view it makes one it's easier because obviously they had bill skarsgård on set being like i'm a mental clown mm. and the thing like even when you see him not in like full pennywise makeup you're like he is creepy you still look fucking weird (laughs) (laughs) do you know what film actually really plays on that really well is barbarian have you seen barbarian no yeah we'll we'll watch that with jack that would be a good one to watch with jack actually (laughs) good but it it really plays on that like he's a creepy guy like he's known for being the kind of creepy dude it really plays well on that Um, they really worked in um castle rock as well yeah yeah that's true and the, the sort of um 
that was that was a weird show, wasn't it? Because it had like a bunch of people who were known for being in big Stephen King projects, playing and different then, characters. It was and very then put strange. them all in Shawshank. It was like I don't understand what message you're trying to give me. Yeah, it's like okay, you've made Arkham Asylum out of the Stephen King universe. Well done. What now? <laughs> well done. But where's the giant turtle? Show me the deadlights. <laughs> To be fair, actually, that is a part of like they do touch on like the cosmic horror in that it the first it movies, don't they? Like where he just leans back and you see the deadlights. Like you're aware that there's something very strange going on. Yeah, um, but it is the that first one particularly is quite. It's not grounded, but it doesn't lean into the cosmic side of stuff. You do get that a bit more with the second one, which takes a lot more stuff straight from the adult section of the book. Like there's a lot of scenes where it just does the sort of you know play by play. Yeah. Um, well, it's also a really weirdly structured book where it keeps jumping back and forth in time. Yeah. So it made sense to split it into two films. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I it would have been cool the if first... they waited like 27 years between them. Like I'm just saying. I mean, yeah, it would have been cool, but I feel like is it the Warner moment would have been gone. They would have wanted their money a bit quicker. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really like the first one i don't like the second one quite as much so the yeah one's like, it's got good parts but generally like it, i don't think it fits together all that well and it does struggle with like it goes from, i feel like it goes from like a horror movie the first one's a horror movie the second one ends up being a fantasy movie and if you're if you're okay with that switch then yeah i think it still works but it is a bit is a bit of a gear change when you've seen such horrific stuff in in the first one and the early parts of the second one because it is like it does do it does take a lot of risks like when when georgie is pulled into the drain that is it's really shocking because there's just so much blood (laughs) yeah it's yeah it's just i think the first one is about as good an adaptation of it that you could make and yeah, I I have no real strong memories of the second one, so I don't think I enjoyed it as much. <laughs> yeah, even though it's got McAvoy in it, who you're a fan of. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, an actor can't always like actors. Can, I watch a lot of films just because they've got an actor in them, mm. and they don't always save it. But McAvoy generally does because it's like, good boy. He is brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so and so your your interpretation of the question being the most emotional effect on you that is this is the one that inspired you to be like okay I I want to see more of this sort of thing is yeah. that what you're going with? I think that's I think it's just a pure enjoyment sort of emotion rather than like a it scared me or a it broke me yeah oh no that's great I mean like this is why I like this question so much because it's so vague like people say they bring loads of different responses to it so like you know people have said this is what made me cry this is what as you said this is what made me think fuck oh, there's something fuck. to this I should have tried to argue that About Time's a horror film <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's about the horror of maybe not making the most of your relationship with your dad as we know <laughs> and that is that, that is like gets us <laughs> yeah and the thing I still don't get it I don't understand the root cause of that but like, no I don't either because like my, my dad's a nice guy so <laughs> That's the thing. So is mine. Lovely. Yeah. But I guess it's just it's just my hero and I can't imagine life without him. <laughs> I'm going to play this to him and he's going to be like, oh, what a prick. <laughs> yeah. Please don't. 
Um, your eighth disc I'm going to ask you for, Rich. What was your best experience with a horror film in the cinema? So far, no one said, oh, I got wanked off watching this. So if you could... <laughs> I'd love to, but, like, <laughs> no. Um, so until earlier on today, <laughs> this answer was... I haven't seen very many horror films in the cinema. I don't have any good stories. I thought. So, hang on. Have you been to the cinema today, especially for this question? No, no, no. no. That would have been amazing. That, that would that would have been. Oh, I should have done that. But like <laughs> work. Um. But I remembered about. Uh, so at uni in first year, yeah. we went to see. I think it's Paranormal Activity three. Wait, isn't you and I went? No, me and uh, my uni flatmates. Okay, because I have a story about this film as well, but go on. The thing is, there is every chance we were at the same showing. Cause it's we, true, actually. <laughs> um, so, we, I went with people, and Paranormal Activities, they're not particularly scary films. No. They're, the first one was really good, and the second and third ones were, you know, there. Yeah. But in the third one, they introduced the idea of like, oh, it's like a family thing and they summoned this demon like using this symbol that's a circle inside a triangle. Like, and I'm there like, oh, I've got something very similar to that tattooed <laughs> on my fucking arm. <laughs> and then so people were making jokes like, oh, you're going to summon a demon. And then I was like, oh, I've got a printer. <laughs> <laughs> so me and a couple of my flatmates printed out like a bunch of these like I think we printed out like 15 or something of these, like just the same picture, like triangle with a circle in it. Downloaded off the internet so it's authentic. Definitely for summoning <laughs> demons. Yeah. Um, and we, for maybe two weeks, were just like sliding them under doors. <laughs> oh, that's if, good. <clears throat> I'm if, glad that you didn't just stick them all up. Like you, you know, ran it. Oh, no, no, no. This was a series of weeks. Oh no, no, it runs so much longer than that. So we so you know when like people leave like you remember being halls and like your doors are just sort of open if you like pop out to like go out for a smoke or something. Yeah. I think I remember the ending to this story now, but <laughs> <laughs> So uh we in So there were two of two of the girls were more freaked out by it than anyone else, so they became like mm-hmm. the only targets. So we would just hide them and I think we put some in a suitcase that was then found like at home, <laughs> like not even at uni. So they were just like, what the fuck are you doing? Why do you keep doing this? But one of them. <laughs> yeah, I remember this. One of the very first ones we put in was we took down, um, it was either a picture or a notice board or a mirror or something. And then we took the pin out, pinned up one of these demon scary things. Hug it back up. So then, we'd all like forgotten about it because paranormal activity does not live in the brain for that long. (laughs) And we then, (laughs) so she was packing up to leave. I think she left somewhere in the like February time. And we just heard her just go, What the fuck? (laughs) Because her and the girl next door had been, because they had a some sort of utilities cupboard between them. They were so convinced it was haunted because, you know, pipes make noises. Mm-hmm. Uh, and ghosts are real. Those yeah. two things. A- and that, yeah. Mainly that one, sure. 
But sorry, sorry, it's that wall that this picture was on. And she took it down. She was like, I can't believe how long has this been there? We were like, I think genuinely that might have been there since we went to see it. <laughs> and so she was just like, So this is, I've been sleeping in a room with this for like six months. We were like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. And, and she was like, Who happened. did it? I'm the only cunt with a printer. Um, <laughs> she's just like, Who did it? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> You were looking around. It is a mystery. It will never be solved. It is a mystery pushing my printer out the window. <laughs> is that an inkjet? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. The ink's more expensive than the printer anyway. <laughs> but yeah, that is my, I think, probably fav- best experience with a horror film. Maybe any film because that's like six months of joy. <laughs> but like, Just in knowing a- you've shut someone up. Yeah, because that's the thing. It's like it's the same with Jack and Ouija boards. Like we know that they freak Jack out, so you mm. bought one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. Actually, I think he refused to be any part of that. And then we were doing it, and then we decided, who was it? Oh, that one of our friends left to go for a wee or something, and we all very quickly decided, okay, there's definitely a ghost in this room, and we're going to call <gasps> Helen. It Helen. Yeah, yeah. So we spelt out the name Helen, and we we're all like, oh, I'm not touching it. You're touching it. No, you're touching it. I'm not oh, because that's. We did that in the house that where we had the like basement. Wait, what? Wilton had a basement. No, because we didn't do it in. Oh, did we do one? Yeah, in... no, we did it in Wilton. You might have done another one in. No, um... you were there for it as well because we did the same thing in our first house, <laughs> and it had a basement door that if you could just sort of walk past and just knock the latch, the door would just open. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was good. I still have like that. Oh no, I have. I've upgraded now because that Ouija board was just like a printout thing. I yeah, now have yeah. like a, a proper um, laser cut Ouija board, just to, like a Satan would make. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think that should end up under Jack's pillow at some point. <laughs> That's a shout. I mean, you're coming down this weekend, so. Yep. <laughs> so Paranormal Activity Three. Then I'm gonna obviously you're gonna have some printouts of the symbol um, from Paranormal Activity Three. Yeah, if they could just replace the disc, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the more entertaining part of yeah. seeing that film. Uh, number nine. What is this? Is going to be an interesting one. Uh, what's the most underrated horror film? So, as someone who has watched uh, f- some horror films, uh, I don't really know what horror films are rated and underrated. So I've gone for. I couldn't actually pick. I've got to again. Uh-huh. I like. I'm going to double bill you a lot. I think. Um, so I've gone for Anna and the Apocalypse because I know you haven't seen it and I think you should because it's so fun yeah but you know why I haven't seen that one yeah because you're a Grinch who doesn't like musicals nope uh, and The Voices ooh The Voices I don't think I've heard of this one I don't I mm, it is I would say a horror film because it's a man who has two heads that talk to him in his fridge so I wait, think that wait, qualifies. No, what? <laughs> so, so I think we can probably just disregard Anne in the Apocalypse. I'm never going to talk you into watching that. Um, wait, is it the Ryan Reynolds movie? Yeah, it's Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> Anna Kendrick, <laughs> and I remember, I, and uh, Jim This one, yeah, yeah, and I think, yeah, yeah, and someone called Jackie Weaver, who, but not that Jackie Weaver. Yeah, and it is absolutely, but it's very funny. Because it's obviously a guy who's like lost his fucking mind. And he's. But he's just at home talking to like his cat that talks back, obviously, because he's not mental. Um, 
and he's got so he kills these two women and then their heads end up living in his fridge and they talk to him uh, okay okay and yeah, it's yeah, yeah. fucking incredible but i don't think anyone else likes it because <laughs> it's it's a film that's made for me because i like ryan reynolds i like anna kendrick and i like Gemma Arterton. and dogs. so and serial killers. So these three things <laughs> have all aligned to make a film that I think is mostly for me. But at the same time, like, I guess other people can watch it too if it's still on Netflix. Okay, we're, we're definitely going to have to watch this together. So is, this is the one where, like, is it, does it transpire that it's like the the dog or the cat tells him to do it? Like Burke? No, it's, it's no Son of Sam. It's... Um, I, think, I think the cat doesn't help. It doesn't try to, like, talk about it, but... The, of course the cat doesn't try and talk him out of it of the two of them dog going to be the one to go you sure about this i can't i i think the end i think it's one of those things where you're just like okay fair enough because it is just a bit like yeah without like spoiling things and stuff like it's Mm -hmm. it's just kind of very fun Okay, yeah, I remember seeing like a lot of trailers for it at the time that it came out, but I, I never got around to actually watching it. And it it's sort of fallen off a cliff, I think. Like, you know, I haven't really heard much about it since. So, all right, no, I, I'm, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm actually going to cross out Anna and the Apocalypse because, as you quite as quite correctly point out, I don't like musicals. So. <laughs> yeah, and also, I'm not really, sh- I'm not a hundred. It's not really a horror film. It's a zombie musical. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fair enough. But I mean, like as we've as we've said, we'll argue the case that anything's a horror movie. In fact, well, I mean to be fair for you, I think a musical is a horror movie. Yeah, yeah, genuinely, I, yeah, it would leave me sort of screaming and wanting to leave and not sure if I was going to be sick or not. So the thing I don't, if I remember rightly, they don't they're not constantly singing. It's just occasionally there is singing that yeah. does not make sense, so that <laughs> and is not. Those yeah. are the worst ones. The ones where they don't stop singing, like Les Miserables, where they just sing everything. Those are the worst ones. The 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 sort of the more acceptable side of it is like the jukebox musicals, like Moulin Rouge, I actually don't mind because they're singing like pop songs, you know? But I, I just cannot stand people just fucking singing about the shit that they're doing. Okay, let me rewatch Anne and the Apocalypse and I'll get back to you. <laughs> All right. And it'll make a judgment call. <laughs> yeah but i think for this for the, for my shelf i'll just yeah. keep the voices all right well that's very good um would you like a sort of novelty head uh could it, it be in? a disc in between anna kendrick and Gemma Arten's heads yeah and i and don't what? know how i don't know how you get it out i guess like pull it out from between their ears or something yeah something like that yeah yeah and and let me tell you rich whatever you get up to with those heads is that's your own business <laughs> I I will, I will. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> All right, uh, novelty head version of voices. Excellent. All right, so I wonder if this is just going to be the same because you don't get scared by horror movies. I wonder if my next question is going to be the same as what, <laughs> which one first scared you? But what's the last film which scared you? Uh, so I wrote as my answer to this: I am broken, I but. Am broken go on um i think unfriended dark web had a lot more like of the vibe that i would be like not it made me uncomfortable but like if you showed that to me and went 
this is a thing that happened i'd be like okay because it's that sort of because there's all the like you know all the weird shit you hear about the dark web and like oh i like bought something from like this random guy i met on the dark web and now my computer's like talking to me and i'm like mm. uh-huh yeah that sounds like you've made a stupid decision okay i've not actually seen unfriended dark web but i do remember the first time i watched the first unfriended i was almost shaking and because it, it genuinely it affected me that much i was like oh holy shit because it was happening like right in front of you on the screen i don't know what happened but like i was it really shat me up the first one so I can only imagine that the second one is, like, way scary. <laughs> well, I think... So in this, uh, one of the guys finds a laptop in a, like, internet cafe. Uh, and then, like, opens it and, like, starts, like, playing with it and, like, logs on. And then uh, a group start messaging them and, like, joining their chat. And, like, you know, the all the classic, like, uh, mm-hmm. all that shit. Because Unfriended is the dead girl, isn't it? Uh, yeah. The first so one. Th- there's a girl who was bullied into committing suicide and then she ends up haunting the people and oh, yeah, them so like, tasks. That's the thing that I found with this one is that it's much more, like, plausible. That, like, some... Like, it's not plausible in the way that, like, if you find a laptop and, like, start playing with it, you're probably not going to die. But <laughs> if you find the wrong laptop, like some people are coming for you and it ends up with, I think um, that it was all like a plan that they yeah, planned it's... for this guy to find it. And then they framed him for all of their crimes because they've is... been like doing like torture porn and stuff on the dark web is. Yeah. As soon as you said, oh, this guy finds a... I was like, well, that's a plan straight away. That's, yeah, that was it was he was supposed to find it there. So. <laughs> yeah the thing that i think probably scared me the most out of it it wasn't like a proper like oh my god i can't believe it it was like a shit like this could happen like america's and, weird yeah and the scary scarier point is probably has happened the thing arguably probably scarier stuff has happened there are other films that i'm aware of but haven't seen that are similar dark webby sort of films where like some real fucked up shit happens yeah and I would quite like to see them, but I can't remember. I can never remember what they're called. And also, when's the right time to watch like something you're pretty sure is gonna be like Hostel, but like a better story, but probably worse gore. <laughs> that, yeah, like knowing when you, you can, you're up for that sort of experience. I was having this conversation with Mike Munzer on when he came on and did his spooky chef. I was talking about Martyrs, and I was like, I nearly watched it on my honeymoon because I was like, this is the most positive I'm ever gonna feel probably so is this the point to watch like a film that i know is going to fuck me up and i'm glad it didn't um yeah it is weird trying to work out because i have it with um like even with normal like tv shows and stuff it's like oh am i in the mood to watch all of it now because i know that's what's going to happen <laughs> or do i want to save it yeah and then the issue i have mostly with films is like for some reason, I can commit to watching six hours of a TV show, but not two hours to watch a film. Yeah, it's it, the way that our brains do that is so fucked up. It's so fucked up. So it's like, yeah, you're quite happy to. But I think it's because there are built-in breaks. Because yeah, TV like show, if I, so you can go and have a wee and make a cup of tea or whatever. Yeah, but I know people exist who watch films in like 
chunks because i like throughout our films too long i watch it in three chunks i'm like but that's not how films work films you watch you sit down you watch the whole thing you might need to pause it but you don't pause it for long yeah i mean i i am guilty i have done that previously particularly with anything that's like sort of three hours plus but would you I do have... it with a horror film though i i wouldn't see the point to be honest because horror tends to be tension shorter punchier films there's no point in in pausing and you know obviously if it's a horror film for me that's elevated to this is the 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 best genre that films can do because you can do anything in horror so i I would try to keep it as like straight as an experience as possible even like if it's you know if i'm with a bunch of mates and we're watching something if there's too much talking I'm like, shut up, we need to watch this. <laughs> but I mean, that's obviously yeah. heightened in the cinema and I will shout at people in the cinema um, if they are like disrupting it. But yeah, I, I don't see that... Unless there's a three-hour horror movie, in which case that's too long, then I wouldn't... I'd, yeah, I'd try and watch it all in one go. Yeah, because that's the thing. It's peop- I don't really get it with most films, but like specifically with horror films, I'd be like... Mm, that's not really how they work. <laughs> You're not going to have a good time. Yeah. Uh, let's go for your 11th pick then. So we've just had Unfriended Dark Web. Um, your 11th pick. Uh, what is the best death or kill you've seen in a horror movie? So I think it's not necessarily, for this one, for me, it's not necessarily the kill. Uh-huh. It, well, it's not even a kill it's a death it's just the the extra around it is really good and it's the helene in ready or not who is the first of the family to explode (laughs) um and it's not like the explosion is like yeah that's a person exploding but it's the when they all realize it's like sunrise and oh the sun's out and we're not exploding so this must all have been like for nothing and and my brain just went are you fucking kidding me she went through that (laughs) you took someone who looked just like mark and put her through that shit for nothing and then when she lunges and then explodes i'm like yes fuck you (laughs) um and it's like it's just that extra beat of tension where you're like is that was that was the whole like hour and a half of watching for nothing and they're not gonna because by the end of ready or not you're like yeah you all deserve to die yes like a hundred percent i could have told you in like the first five ten minutes i'd be like these cuts deserve to die yep but by the end of it you're like they just need to die this curse needs to be real and then when you give that like 30 seconds you've just been like oh fuck it's not <laughs> it is timed absolutely perfectly isn't it they 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 absolutely nail it in the time of and then it the realization and then they all start exploding oh yeah because that's the thing because the sun comes up and your the tension that you've been building for the whole film like sort of releases because you're like she's safe she made it to sun up and then they don't like explode they're all in like the the room and they're like well we're just gonna have to sacrifice you sorry and then your sun comes up and you're like oh yes she's made it and then it all 
all of that tension just comes straight back when they don't all instantly explode. And you're like, okay, fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> and it's such a brilliant, like, beat of the film that I think is genuinely the reason that I really like that film. <laughs> like, the whole film's really good, but I think yeah. if if you had to make me pick a moment of that film to go like, yeah, that's the bit. It's, it's that bit. The bit be- before she dies where all of the tension just comes screaming back into you and just goes like, ha we fucked you. <laughs> and you're just like, no. And then they it, die. It's such a good joke as well. Just like, ha And then they just turn into soup. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I, I really, really enjoyed that film. Like, I really liked that film. It's got some really good comedy moments in it as well. Like the bit where the guy's in the fucking bathroom and he's watching the YouTube videos. Like, getting to know your crossbow. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like where they, they accidentally kill each other because yes. they're not really paying attention. And the whole like the whole concept of it is so insane that they're like, Yeah, we're pretty sure we've been cursed, so like we just have to kill like loads of people every like few years. It's <laughs> just like Okay. What? <laughs> But here's the other thing is that this is what I'd really like to see is like a continuation of that series, but just with different games because it's like, okay, sure, this works for hide and seek, but I can't think of many other games where it would be like, oh, well, you have to play this and then you have to die. Do, do, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not sure it would what? work for fucking Twister. <laughs> <laughs> My brain went, connect four? <laughs> um, but what about like... Uh version of that but it's like the traitors and if you get voted out you get killed <gasps> oh yeah oh that'd be great oh that's what we need to do we need to get claudia on that <laughs> just like i mean we we i mean we did a whole episode on the traitors on the co-pilots didn't we and we decided it was it was a last minute sort of addition wasn't it because it turned out to be one of the best tv shows yeah. last year it was one of the best things we watched we were addicted to that that would be quite good, though, wouldn't it? If they genuinely... Okay, you are actually being murdered now. Because then it opens up the possibility that you could survive. And then you're like, there's an opportunity there to know, to recognise who the traitor is. Yeah. Oh, come on, this writes itself. Hard element, yeah. This writes itself. <laughs> All right, ready or not, the ex- the first explosion, the, the best death or, and or kill yeah i specifically did look up to see who was first and is the character's name is helene <laughs> I, I genuinely didn't remember but yeah oh it's so good and then the, but the joy with which the rest of them explode you can tell that the filmmakers are just having such a fun time blowing everybody yeah. up i want to imagine that's either that would in my head that is possibly this, I would guess second to last scene because they have to then film her covered in that same blood. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing outside, having a cigarette while the police turn up and you're just like, oh, she's not going to catch a break, is she? <laughs> <laughs> well, it does that. It's It's been cemented in like a new subgenre of, of horror, which has now become known as good for her horror. All right, number 12 then. This one I imagine is quite tricky, but uh, one film from your favourite horror director. So, I... one first. <laughs> yeah, I don't really have a favourite horror director. Um, but I do have a film that I really enjoyed that I can't really sneak in anywhere else. And it is uh, Prevenge by Alice Lowe. That's 
that's a great show actually yeah yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I, it I also really helps that i've seen all of the films that she's made yeah <laughs> you have you've got a hundred percent hit rate yeah. on every film she's directed. therefore i can claim that she is my favorite <laughs> that was very good i like that yeah, it's thinking outside the box again we did an episode on we had a, a short-lived series called co-directors didn't we we were looking at co- directors first films and alice lowe's first one was Prevenge. it's really good fun isn't it yeah she's just chatting to her bump in the bath and she, oh, yeah she and the bump's just like one. oh fucking kill him and that's the thing i love that as a concept that like her baby already feels so jaded that it's like convincing her to kill people or at least that's what she thinks mm. but it's just the I, th- I can't remember if it's the very last scene of the film, but where she's on top of the cliffs and she's yes. got her face painted from the pie and she just like swoops at the yeah. camera. It's really scary that actually. Genuinely, I was a bit like, Whoa, I don't know if I like this. Yeah, and, she- and the weird thing, that's on that's the poster is her face painted, I'm pretty sure. I think it was on a variety, yeah, a variety of the posts because the, the one that comes to my mind is when she's in the red dress and she's like got showing bump. her bump, but she's got a kitchen knife behind her back. Yeah, that is actually the only promotional footage I can see. But there is a lot of tre- like just stills of her like in the like skull makeup and stuff. Mm. But yeah, it was just I think it was just a really fun, interesting film. Particularly like because she it was during her actual pregnancy. Yeah, it's one of those things where she must have just gone like, fuck it, take advantage. Work with what you got. It does make you think, you know, you do wonder at what point she came up with the idea. Like, is it before she was pregnant? Is it, like, while she was pregnant and they just very quickly shot it? (laughs) Well, that's the thing, like, she, very pregnant. Yeah, eight months pregnant for the duration of filming, apparently. Oof. Well, that means they filmed it all in a month, at least. She was eight months for the duration. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. There's also quite a good um, sort of like a mystery plot. Like there's a, a plot line where something's happened to her partner, but you're not 100% what it is until the very end. Or why she's going after, why she is seeking revenge. Oh, yeah. Because her husband partner has a climate accident, right? Yeah, yeah. So she she kills every, isn't it like everyone who was involved on in some way yeah yeah and it's got like the supporting cast like I completely forget that there were other people in this film the supporting cast is ridiculous so I'll just run through a few names here so you got Alice Lowe obviously Tom Davis um, previous favorite Kate Dickey Kevin yep. Novak Mike Wozniak yeah uh, Gemma Ween as well Gemma from Game of Thrones incredible and Inside Number Nine as well. Yeah, she is in Inside Number 9, isn't she? I can't remember which one she did. did she, was she the last gasp? Uh, the heist one. I can't remember what it was called. Wuthering Heights. Wuthering Heist, yes. Wuthering Heights. Heist. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's the actual name of the book, isn't it? It's Wuthering Heights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think that would... Like, I think the more... The, like, this answer will probably change. But so far, Alice Lowe... 100% hit rate with making good films that I enjoyed. <laughs> she's got another film coming out uh, this year or next year. Oh, what, that she's directed? Yeah, I think so. Oh, amazing. I didn't know that was a, a, that was a 
coming from her. Wow, uh, look at me. Better informed than you. <laughs> it's called Time Stalker, and it is actually TBA, so might not be coming. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Whoa, I mean, uh, reincarnated every time she... Ooh. The hapless heroine Agnes is reincarnated every time she makes the same mistake. Falling in love with the wrong man. <laughs> Nick Frost is in it. Yay. <laughs> yeah. I hope that that appears at some point then. Uh, and then, fingers crossed, it's good as well, so you can keep your 100% hit. Right? Well, it's got Kate Dickey in it, so it's going to yes. be... Yes. <laughs> All right, cool. Prevention. Uh, we've come to your final pick. Um, what is your favourite horror film from the last five years? Yeah, so I had to do some maths when I was doing this, and uh, this is where Letterbox came in very helpful. <laughs> and I just sort of went like, okay, cool, what films, what horror films have I watched from the last five years? Not many. <laughs> uh, but I think probably my favourite of... I think, I think it was only like three or four, maybe five films. But I think my favourite was probably Fear Street. I really enjoyed that all three of them but i don't know if there was one that i'd prefer to the others i mean oh do you know what i'd forgotten about fear street but it does contain one of the best kills i've ever seen bread slicer with the bread slicer fucking brilliant all right i'm gonna make you pick which one ah cunt um (laughs) i can't even remember what years they're all set in uh it was like 1980 it was 1990, 1970 something. And, and then, then there was 1664. Like the 16, yeah. Um, oh. Surely 1666, wasn't it? Yeah, it was 1666. Okay, so 1994. Oh, I actually think. 78 and 1666 does go back to 1994 doesn't it yeah so you sort of i think in 94 you get the build-up of the story and you get like the conclusion of the like reincarnated serial killers but i think Mm. i think one of the things in (laughs) 94 does that i really enjoyed is that they got in maya hawk who'd obviously just done um stranger stranger things and was like big and you're like oh cool she's gonna get to lead her own film and they kill her in like the first five minutes and she never comes back it's which i mean to tie it into one of your earlier answers which is exactly how scream opens you get one of the biggest stars at the time drew barrymore was one of the biggest stars you know on the planet and she's killed in the first five minutes of scream i mean to be fair like scream is all over fear street it's it's very very openly doing a riff on scream yeah, I think, and it's it's also really interesting, like the jumping around in time over the trilogy and stuff. I think it's it does really well. It almost forget makes you forget that it's written by the same guy who did Goosebumps. It is, isn't it? Yeah, I'd forgotten that myself. Yeah, it was for sort of like the older, a slightly older audience than the the Goosebumps books. Really yeah, wasn't it? Well, I, I think it's for like primary school kids. This is more like secondary school and college years, I guess. Yeah. So, and I think it's like a. It, it's just really good. It ticked a load of boxes, and like I just really enjoyed it. Because obviously, there's like that all. Because I think they have like four, um, basically like 
they've got the four big tropes of like serial killers and they've got uh someone who killed a bunch of people at a camp i can't imagine where they got that idea from. <laughs> there's like a postman i think but they all have like a bunch of them and there's like a witchcraft thing going on in the background and it's all yeah it's just it's just good yeah, they were, they were a laugh. I feel like they sort of they dipped in quality. Like I think the high point was the first one, but I remember being excited because it was like they came out literally a week after the previous one, didn't they? It was literally like they had the first one on the first week, then the second one, then the third, like in the, the yeah. next couple of weeks. I do remember being like really excited for those and then finishing them all off. So it was, yeah. it was nice to have a series of of films in that way because that hadn't really been you know not to my mind I'd never seen that done before um, but I do think that yeah the 1994 is the best one then I think the the 78 is the next and then 60, 66 I was like wow it, I didn't find it quite as good but no yeah. it was, it was a really 1666 is a bit it's a uh, I think because of how big the time hop is like it's a bit like uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it's, I, I did like having that through line, that continuity of, you know, it's the, Sarah Fear, isn't it, was the name of the witch. That was much I yeah. Yeah, I, I really, I did really like the first it's one. Like, it's such an on-the-nose name as well. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he, he definitely thought of the title first, didn't he? That's what yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, that does bring us to the end of making your spooky shelf rich. What I'll do very quickly is just run down the list for you. So... You start off with Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Clockwork Orange in a novelty Clockwork Tangerine barrel style case. Beer thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Impossible Scream uh, or Halloween. Yeah, double pack of Scream and Halloween, but there is a note which has a link to it so you can go and watch Hush, which you need to do, and actually you should do after we finish recording this. Um, the Orphanage, <laughs> Marianne, which with 20 minutes to go at the end of episode one, you will get a text from me saying like, oh, I'm shitting it. As long as the next 20 minutes aren't bad, you'll be fine. <laughs> um, host, It, the 2017 version. Paranormal Activity 3 with a bunch of printouts of the spooky symbol. And no disc. Crucially, and, no disc. And no disc. <laughs> Sorry, that was it as well. Yeah, no disc. Um, the Voices with... Uh, Two novelty heads of Gemma Artson and Anna Kendrick where you can pull the, the disc out from between the pair of them. And then what you do with it, the, the heads in your own time is up to you. Um, unfriended Dark Web, ready or not, with um, special attention to the explosion scene, the first person to explode. Uh, Prevenge, which, as we said, is your 100% <laughs> success rate with the director. And then Fear Street 1994. How do you feel about your spooky shelf? Like it could change if I watch more horror films. This but. is the thing. So what we'll do then is we'll come back in a year's time. You, this is it. I'm charging you now with you have a year to watch as many horror films as possible, and then you're going to come back one year to the day. So the 14th of March, 2024, you're going to tell. We're going to do this again, and then we're going to see how your shelf has evolved. Okay, you're on. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um. Rich, where can everybody keep up with bits and pieces you're doing? Where can we uh, keep up with co-pilots? Give a plug. Give your Instagram a shout. Do your thing. Um, so, personally, I'm Chardizard on uh, Instagram. 
and co-pilots can be kept up with on at the real co-pilots on instagram mm-hmm. at real co-pilots on twitter although we don't tweet um <laughs> there is a facebook page we have a website uh search for co-pilots uh, on all the podcast places this is why i normally get you to do it because i'm really shit at it <laughs> i think so it's it's copilotspodcast.co.uk is the website. yeah no saying we have a website is not as good as telling the url <laughs> And then we are just the co-pilots podcast, and the artwork is us as anime characters, isn't it? Yeah. So we, and we it, made a long time ago. Uh, I did update them at one point, so that we you both gave had us beards. beards. Because <laughs> yeah. I realised that in real life we'd grown beards to hide our chins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that is what happened. Um, amazing, uh, Rich. Cheers for coming along and building your very own spooky shelf. And I'll see you Thank for the next for co-pilots me. recording. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for having me. It's been it's been good fun. I've enjoyed listening to these, and it's it made me want to just like make my list. Good. And now oh, I've got to make another one <laughs> in a year. Yeah, you, you're the only one that's gone away with homework. So <laughs> I feel like you've just taken advantage of the fact that we're friends. Uh, you say friends. I think that's a bit strong. Yeah, I think Becky was right when she called you a cunt. <laughs> Well, there you go. That was Richard Allen on the Spooky Shelf podcast. Those texts between us for watching Marianne were incredibly well timed. I've put a link to the Copilots podcast in the description here, including a direct link to that Marianne episode that we mentioned, so you can hear us discuss it in full detail. Remember to subscribe to the Spooky Shelf wherever you get your pods. You can find me at Spooky Shelf Podcast, sorry, on Instagram or at Joe DeCaro, but that's tricky to spell. Next week, I have another incredible guest coming along to put up their very own spooky shelf. Thanks very much to Cosmin Itchin for creating the incredible photography and artwork for this podcast. And, as ever, to Raul Coley and Mike Flanagan, one day we'll be on this podcast recording their very own spooky shelves. I'll be back next week with another big old spooky shelf. Have a lovely week, and see you next time. Ta-ra! Ta-ra!